Welcome to Nobody Asked Our Opinion, a podcast where two complete hemi-demi semi-quivers talk about all things pop culture. This hemi-demi semi-quiver is Joanna. And this hemi-demi semi-quiver is JJ. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. This this is why we're not allowed to talk about work before we get started. And you know what? Not going to explain it. Only smart people who understand and other people will think we're dirty. If you know, you know. <laughs> the more you know. Um, anyway, we're backpack, backpack, backpack again. Um, here to talk about shit and stuff and things. Um, and all the shit, all the things and all, and the, all the television. Uh, oh my god yeah. this summer streaming sites are trying to make sure we don't sleep they're like fuck going outside you guys have all the content to oh, consume yeah. you don't like, need to go outside yes. they're kind of like mm, do you really need to be employed because you could just be watching all this content <laughs> do you really need to <laughs> do you really need to make money well, you do, because you need to pay for your services. <laughs> right? Um, that's what welfare is for. Oof. Not not the uh, mooching off of government funds. I mean, I would for that uh, sweet, sweet uh, Amazon Prime drip they're giving us right now. Oof, oof. Right, you got Amazon Prime in one arm, and you got the uh, Disney Plus drip that's always going, always going, never stop. You can't quit it. Just can't. All right, but wait. I guess we should get up in this news gig before we start talking about the eight hundred shows that we're watching this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> for real though but but yeah we should we'll talk about a little bit of the news we should start i guess with actually a <laughs> continuation of a story that we kind of talked about last week yeah mr matthew morrison we called him uh we called him bad things because we were told he did bad things but it turns out he might not have done bad things <laughs> Yeah, it's still a little, it's still a little, like, things still feel a little, like, nebulous because, so Matthew Morrison, in response to, you know, being fired from So You Think You Can Dance, posted an Instagram video where he basically was like, uh, I didn't do the things that they said I did. In fact, because uh, he was accused of, you know, sliding into the DMs of a, of a contestant and, you know, leaving flirty, inappropriate messages, which prompted that said contestant to, you know, call uh, call him out to the producers. And the producer's like, yeah, this is this can't fly, so we're going to let you go. Which, you know, ostensibly, you know, that's that sounded pretty... That, that was like, yeah, that sounds like that's the correct course of action. It's according to Matthew Morrison, this, uh, the allegations against him are allegedly untrue, 
in, in his video uh, that he posted to Instagram, he uh, he talks about uh, he like reads the uh, quote unquote alleged message that uh, caused him to get you know booted off the show. Um, and he claims it's the the only message that he sent to the contestant, and it was um, as innocuous as just like, oh, I want to like, you know, uh, I would like to get your contact information, get your number, and we can kind of talk about things in relation to like getting, uh, possibly getting work off of, you know, with another choreographer at some point or something like that. Yeah, it was. And so here's what it is, though, is that. I think, like, seeing both sides of the story, I think that I believe that Matthew Morrison genuinely was not reaching out to this girl because he was trying to flirt with her. I do believe that he was reaching out to her because he wanted, because, like he said, he goes, um, this dancer and I share a mutual respect for a choreographer that I've known for over 20 years and I was trying to help her get a job with that said choreographer on the show. And, you know, because I thought it'd be cool. And so, but his message read, hey, it's Matthew. If you don't mind, I would love to get your number and talk to, uh, talk you through some things. And so I can see how being a woman auditioning for, like, being on a show and then having one of the judges ask for your number and have you go, ooh, that feels inky. I don't like it. And for, and to say, I don't like this. Let's talk to producers. And producers being like, whether it was they're going, oh, yeah, that's flirty, that's not okay, or they're going, Matthew Morrison, you cannot talk to contestants once they're cast on the show, outside of the show, because it's a conflict of interest. Which is probably why when he was like, yeah, I, um, I broke procedure rules, I'm so sorry, like, I didn't follow rules, my bad, I have to, like, I'm, like, I was, like, I can't be on the show. And him thinking, oh, it was because I reached out to this person to try to get her a job because we you know, mutual choreographer thing and her being like, man, that old man creeped me out. <laughs> so I literally think it was a mutual misunderstanding, but I do think that Matthew Morrison did, does need the wherewithal to be able to go, Hmm, younger woman. I don't know. I should probably not reach out to her in this manner or have a little more context in your thing saying, hey, I want to connect because I think I can help you get this job because of A, B, C, and D and make sure there's no wrong annotations because, again, the text message, hey, love to get your number and talk you through some things does sound like a come on. Right. It's 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 vague enough that it can be interpreted in several different ways. Um, I will say that in a, a separate interview um, uh, that he had in an interview that he had done bef like leading up to the premiere of the of this of this current season, he had said that, um, you know, he had done dancing competitions in like the UK and it was ac it's actually kind of, you know, common for, you know, judges on a panel to kind of contact the the, you know, contestants in such a way especially in, you know, in professional capacity and that when he signed on to do so you think he can dance, he didn't think twice about 
oh, could this be misconstrued in a different fashion because he had been so, you know, so used to kind of that process in other, uh, like, kind of judging shows. Um, at the very least, like you said, at the very least, this contact with the, with the contestant is a conflict of interest in that uh, that in and of itself is enough to be like, yeah, that's kind of a breach of contract. Um, you know, at the very, the most sinister, yeah, this could be easily misconstrued as, you know, something inappropriate. And, um, and I said this before last week, I'm glad that whoever the contestant was felt, you know, that it was a safe enough environment to bring this up and like, let the production team know that like, hey, one of the judges contacted me, this doesn't feel good. I don't, I don't like this kind of interaction this doesn't seem this doesn't seem good like right to me can y'all do something about it and they did yeah i mean and um, even if it I don't, wasn't i don't know if it's necessarily like i don't know i i it's the jury's really still out if it's like truly sinister in the uh, in the um instagram video he doesn't show us the actual message he just reads it to us so like I I'm not saying that he's lying, but you know I I and sometimes I I was gonna no say, sometimes it's, sometimes it's nice to see some receipts. Yeah, it would be nice to see like a screenshot or something, you know. And he does claim that that's the only message that he has uh, he has sent. Um, I, again, not saying that he's a liar, but I I wouldn't be surprised if if there was. Uh, other text messages or other uh, correspondence that maybe not necessarily as sinister as like, hey, I want to like, you know, do something sexual with you, but like in the same capacity that like, oh, I wanted to contact you to get, you know, get you in contact with this choreographer or something like that. Well, and I think it's um, like, so we it's... won't know until we hear from the contestant who I don't think they're going to let talk about it until after the show just because I think eventually it does become a fan-based voting thing. And if she were to come out either way about it, it could it could it, really, it could really affect, affect the, her chances that, yeah. in the show of succeeding. So I hope, yeah. whichever way it is, that she's able to do this show, have a good experience the rest of the way, and either come out and say, yeah, I went to producers because he made me feel gross. Or, hey, I went to producers because I didn't think it was fair that he was reaching out to me. And whichever way that is, we can be like, okay, cool. Now we know your truth. Awesome. And I do think, though, that Matthew Morrison, though, in his outcry, kind of does bring up a point, though, of saying that there, uh, the way that the media does immediately churn headlines into like super clickbaity things by either skewing or taking things out of context to make it make a headline because I mean we've talked about it like just like what they do with like drag race like um what was it? I was listening to race chasers to hot goss before you called me and Alaska was talking to Willem about how Attitude magazine had made a like put out an article about how oh, yeah. how Alaska mm-hmm. Alaska Thunderfuck is deeply hurt and upset by the fact that she was not asked to do All Stars. And while there's like a grain of truth in there, like Alaska's like, did I do an interview I forgot about? And they're like, and uh, Dipper and 
Willem are like, no, but you definitely said that on the pod. But I mean, the the idea is also that it's Alaska on hot goss. Like, she was like, probably a little bit was like, man, I really wish I was doing this. This really sucks. But the other part of her was like, so I'm going to make a moment of it because I'm a drama queen and that's what I do. Yeah, I'm sure she was just milking it for like, for the for the drama of it. Yeah, or, like, them taking, like, a Maddie Morphosis quote out of, like, context on Pink News and making it, like, the title of the article of being, like, you know, Maddie Morphosis says that she's glad that she can be a an I, style icon to Alaska. And it was, like, literally a joke because Alaska, cover, like, did a, you know, copied her promo look for their promo for, uh, when they're, for Race Chasers. And it was like, Maddie right. was like, oh, yeah, I'm so glad I could be a style icon for Alaska. And then it's like, laughs. But no, really, I was really flattered when I saw it because I thought it was really cool because I was like, dang, like, Alaska's like a real drag queen. <laughs> like, it's shit like that thing is taken out of context. And I think things like this for, which is unfortunate for more serious matters, can be taken out of context and made to vilify yeah, people and... when they shouldn't be. Because it's silly when you read about a drag queen and you're like, oh, Alaska was drastically upset. And then you listen to the episode and you're like, oh, no, she wasn't. She was, like, being putting on a putting on a show. But when it's like Matthew Morrison was fired from production because he was flirting with a contestant and it was like, oh, no, I reached out and that was my bad. And I'm not salty with the people with, like, production for asking me to leave because I broke a rule. But I was not trying to make her feel uncomfortable. I was literally trying to give her a job. Right, right, and right. so yeah, again, and... we don't know the real like the real tea behind it all, but I think that there's just a lot of sides. And so, hey, Matthew Morrison, if you were being a jerk, I I stand by my statements from last week. Um, if you were really just taken out of context, then I feel bad and I'm sorry. And right, live your I mean, life. this kind of this kind of. Thing when uh, you know somebody gets called out for being, especially when it's something like sexual in nature, there's always this, the, you know the the he the you know classic he said she said. There's it's hard to kind of like really get concrete evidence of of a lot of this, and you know it's I I'm just I think what's happened I'm. I'm just, yeah, we just have to kind of wait to see if there's any more kind of developing, because it's still pretty, like, it still seems really, like, ambiguous, even just, like, the statement that he, the the text that he made feels really ambiguous, and, you know, it's, uh, it seems like, you know, there there could be something there, maybe not, there could be something, couldn't you know? It could just be just him, just kind of reaching out and trying to you know help out a fellow choreographer, a fellow dancer, kind of get get some gigs. Um, and I hope that's the case because you know it, he genuinely seemed in the he did, it seemed pretty genuine his uh, his statement. So I don't know, it's uh, it's a, it's complex because we you know it's we don't know what really happened and. And we only get so much from, you know, the the media. So it's, hopefully it just, like, you know, it works, it's, uh, hopefully it works itself out. And th- 
and hopefully that whoever the contestant is is you know feels still feels like safe and hopefully doesn't get any like retaliation if things more things come to light but you know we'll just have to see how this plays out you know what else seems complex this new mashup of a reality show I honestly don't understand. It's like a Frankenstein really reality show that I don't get. At first I was like, what, there's going to be a real girl on a reality show? Or like, oh, they're going to do like a crossover. And I was like, of like 15 reality shows and half of them I've never heard of. And and contestants that I've, I mean, half of these contestants I have, I mean, 90% of the contestants on this show I have never heard of. But we're talking about the uh, Paramount Plus has revealed their uh, their cast for what they're calling All Stars Shore. It's like a competition, like reality it's show. It's the that first ever party of, competition show. And it's like a ma- it, it features contestants from literally almost every like current. Uh, like reality show ranging from like the Jersey Shore, Bachelor in Paradise, Love Island. Okay, so what I want to know, because I'm like looking through here and I was like, okay, I'm vaguely aware of who Angelina from Jersey Shore is. I don't watch Jersey Shore, yeah, but I'm vaguely OG. aware of that in my pop culture zeitgeist. What the fuck mm-hmm. is, what is it, Jordy Shore? Jordy Shore is the Jersey Shore, but UK. For, is th- that's my understanding. Okay. Because I was literally, there's like five people from like the Geordie Short. I was like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. <laughs> what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on here on this homosexual day? Right. It's it's like their version of Georgie, uh, Jersey Shore. Um, I guess Geordie is like a place where, you know. Where they uh, have a shore? Really trash. Where there's, you know, there's some sort of shore and they're all kind of awful people. Awfully, awful, awful like just okay because i don't know who bethan is real trash i don't know who blake is because i didn't watch the bachelor and then there's a chloe from geordie shore giannini from love is blind i think she's from the first season of love is blind and i didn't watch that um another geordie shore person the only way is essex which is another uk show it's another like Jersey Shore esque kind of like. As I was gonna say, show. I feel like I've heard of the only way is Essex. That one, yeah. I was like, oh, I, I think what's her name? Uh, Gemma Collins. Gemma Collins. Gemma Collins is on uh, the only way is Essex. There we go. Correct. I was like, and why do I know Gemma Collins? Because she's been on every single Snatch Game in UK. For real. Yeah. In one way or another. Um. Johnny from Love Island. I think he was on the season I watched. I watched. I vaguely like he looks familiar. Acapulco Shore. Like really? There's like how many fucking versions of the Jersey Shore is there? Uh, I didn't realize how international that that intellectual property is. That's. I mean, that's quite impressive, but I mean, like, I guess that makes sense. There are trashy people all around the world. Right? It's not just America. (laughs) Trashy people are everywhere. 
They're everywhere. And, okay, so there's another one from Acapulco. Like, things. The Circle Brazil. I only just started watching the regular Circle. <laughs> I know there's a Circle France. I think that's on Netflix. I think. Like US Netflix. Yeah, apparently the Circle Brazil is on Paramount+. Plus. Go for them. Um, Rio Shore. Work. Mm-hmm. Oh, Trina! I liked her on Love Island. I watched that season. She was cute. I feel like I re- recognize that name. Did I watch a couple episodes with you and Shane? It, me, Shane, I and Lauren. Watched a we couple. watched a few episodes because we'd watch Love Island and Big Brother all on the same day. Yeah, I vaguely remember. You, yeah, you're yeah, like, because yeah. I tried to block it out. <laughs> no, but Trina was cute. We liked her. Well, I mean. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not, but other than, like, really drag race, I was never really into, like, reality shows. I think I watched the one season of American Idol back in its heyday. Uh, hence why Kelly um, Clarkson is our lord and savior. Exactly. <laughs> Literally. In her name. <laughs> but, like, I, I was never, like, a huge, like, reality show, like, person. Also, I said Kelly Clarkson a little too loud by my Apple Watch, and my Apple Watch was like, I couldn't find that song by Kelly Clarkson. Did you want to listen to something else? <laughs> You're like, yes and no. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> not right yes, now. but not right now. <laughs> uh, later, can we listen to Meaning of Life? Because that song rocks. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then the last contestant um, after Trina is going to be uh, Vanessa Vanjie Mateo. Which I think is hysterical that they're promoting her as Vanshee, but she's not in drag. She's like, she's in boy. Boy face. Like, all of the pictures I've right. seen has been Vanshee as uh, Jose, right? His name's Jose. Uh, I never knew his boy name, but I sure. feel like I yeah. remember it from, what am I thinking? Uh, 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 the Vegas, the Vegas show. Oh, sure. Because Vanjie was making a big deal about when she would meet boys. It was like, no, 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 you're going to call me by my boy name. Because I'm not, I'm oh, not I your, do, I do remember that. you know, I'm not here to be, ooh, I'm dating Vanjie. No, you're here to meet me. But I just think it's funny. Like, I get having the name, having Vanjie, like, Vanjie attached to it. But instead of having, like, the full Vanessa Vanjie Mateo, like, have a boy name on there, too. Unless she's, like, really just going to go by Vanjie the whole time. Because ain't nobody going mean, to call her Vanessa. Nobody's called her Vanessa since season 11. I don't even... Did they call her Vanessa? <laughs> I, th- I think they did. A little bit. And, you know, I know I lied. I don't think it was even season 11. I think it was season 10. When she was her first episode, they referred to her as Vanessa a couple of times. Because she was only in the first episode. <laughs> Because that was the only... Yeah. And then she then lived on an infinity as Miss Vanjie. 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 What's her name again? Ankle. <laughs> Ankle. Ankle. <laughs> okay, but... But, uh, but uh, either way, this is a wild, this is, this is bizarre. I don't understand. I don't know who this is for. Um, this looks like a load of hot garbage. Um, I'll probably watch it with Shane. 
<laughs> with that said, I will be watching this. With Shay. I mean, probably. Like, I don't know if I would ever seek this out on my own. And there's enough people that I don't recognize that I wouldn't need to watch it. But I can also actively seeing me, Shane, and Lauren drinking a bottle of wine watching this show. <laughs> and just hate watching and just be like, oh, these people are fucking fucking insane. Oh, there wouldn't be any hate. We would enjoy every minute of it because these people are insane. It would be bonkers. Fair. But I'm here for it. So, I don't know. It's streaming in J- June 29th. So, we'll see what my life looks like and my rela- what my relationship with TV is at that point. Yeah, TBD. 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 I, we all, what we do know is that JJ will not be watching it unless we drag him into the living room to watch it with us. Yeah, uh, I can't. I definitely, I can say this with a hundred percent confidence. I will not be seeking this out. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what people aren't seeking out? I am the queen of segways today. Well, maybe you are. Um, the Pride Whopper <laughs> is the funniest oh, shit I have ever God. seen in my life. Um, I literally had to like look it up and like I literally had to like research this to be like this can't be for real. This can't be actually what's happening. Okay, so in my brain, I was explaining it to myself in my head today as I was actually looking at it. And I was like, because they're like, oh, uh, they have two identical buns because, you know, people who are the same can love each other. And then as I was verbalizing it to my friend I was having dinner with today, I said, oh my gosh, they're they're pride whoppers because they're two tops and two bottoms and i went oh my god uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> i was like that's not uh-huh. how the gay works <laughs> the Mm-mm. gay worked better the other <laughs> way you need one top and one bottom no 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 <laughs> this is the exact opposite <laughs> but i went but there's two tops and two bottoms and she went oh my burger king and i went oh my god <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, so we're talking about uh, the Pride Burger that uh, on Instagram and all social media platforms, like, it's been, like, everybody's been blowing this up because they're like, what the actual fuck? But I guess Burger King Austria released uh, a special edition Whopper for Pride Month because, duh, gay, because, yep, slay, hunty, Because work. that's how slay, work, hunty. <laughs> it's fierce, hunty. Um, <laughs> but in, in, so they released these specialty Whoppers where, uh, uh, where you get two of the same, like two top buns make your sandwich or two bottom buns make your sandwich. And I'm like, not Burger King calling out the top bottom culture in the gay community. Like, what is, what is happening? So, my, I have two thoughts on this. Because, like, their Instagram is really cute. Because it's like, with two equal buns for equal love and equal rights. We set an example for the equality of all identities and sexual orientations. And then I'm like... And then it says a little twist meant to put a smile on our faces and remind us to trust each other with treat each other with respect and peace. So part of me is like, there's either somebody at Burger King in like Austria was like, oh, you know, like my initial thought, which was like, we'll have two buns that are the same because love is love. 
And I was like, or there is some gay little intern hiding out in Austria who went, he, 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 we'll have my top friends will order the top buns and my bottom friends will order bottom buns and it'll be silly. He, 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 he. I'm going to go with option number two, uh, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> So, because this screams uh, some, we, some you know, gay intern was like, you know what would be funny if they just did top, if they had a top and bottom burger for gay, for gay pride month. Wouldn't that be hysterical? And they were just like, oh, that's actually brilliant. Oh, well, what if they had a, <laughs> and, no. And they're like, oh, <laughs> just, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was only kidding. Oh, but you've. But you did that. Are rolling forward with this, but you did this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I just think it is I get so the silly. sentiment. I understand the sentiment. I, I get it. It, it, I, it, it's, and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful sentiment. The execution, though, <laughs> leaves uh, a bit to be desired. <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, is it slightly in poor taste? Yeah. Can you kind of try to see past it and make it be like, but it's sweet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. May the people in Austria live, live a great pride. And especially because places like that don't always have great pride celebrations. So if this is what it takes to get some recognition for international pride, I'll take it. I feel like Austria is actually a pretty big hub for gay for the gay community. I hear the girls I hear the girls on Drag Race talk about how like Germany and Austria is actually pretty lit when it comes to like the gay community and gay pride and stuff like that. Oh well, you better work um, Austria. Yeah, so I it, I mean this could just be another it could just be another like just you know low hanging fruit tea, uh, like just pandering to the gay audience, but. You know, it's you know, it's just you know, it, it's definitely in it's definitely in poor taste because everybody, it's the 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 biggest thing that you know uh, is whenever whenever anybody talks about like um, gay relationships is like how does the sex work and how does that you know it's the obsession with like the sexual act of it and rather not like the actual like you know the the actual love and uh that actually is is there and not just like oh how do they fuck and that's kind of that's the that's the reason why like gay people are like not calling us out right now (laughs) on the international stage like just kind of putting us out on blast it'd be the equivalent of like you know um if they you know when people talk to a trans person and all they all they want to discuss is like their transition like their surgery you know it's like uh, it's like the the aspect the one specific aspect about their sexuality that's like a deeply personal like that's none of your business like who you know who my sexual partners are and how we have our sex is none of your business neither is the way that my body is transitioning into the identity that i that i believe that suits me the best but like uh, it, it, it's it's a like you said in poor taste and it does and i'm like and i am as a gay man i'm like 
mm, you could do better. You can do better Burger King Austria. At the same time, I'm like, this is fucking insane. I'm kind of, I'm kind of for it. Uh, I'm kind of here for it because it's real messy. Well, and I think that <laughs> the way that they're advertising it, I think is smart because they're not directly calling attention to it. They're allowing you to draw attention to it. But Burger King has not called it uh, the top burger. Yeah, the, the tops burger. or the bottoms or whatever. They said two of the same bun. They didn't say two tops and but two bottoms. Know, but that is. But no, no, no. It's such a. No, no, no but they're not. It is such but, a thin veil. No, no, no. But I think that they're smart in their advertising for it because they're allowing us to make the joke. And they can say, well, that's not what we intended. And also, because if they had come out and said, hey, are you a top or a bottom? Well, now you can have two tops or two bottoms your way at Burger King. Well, yeah, because that would be on the nose. That would be an obvious joke. This is a subtle joke that they are clearly going for. I don't think that there is a... I don't think this is like a... Uh, oh, we you can make the joke. They're definitely making the joke. They're definitely making the joke. Some gay kid is like, oh, the, we're going to put two top buns and two bottom buns, and they'll get it. They'll get it. Well, uh, yes, but also I think that, yes, it's the joke, but also, like I stated at the beginning, that's not how sex works. So it's not like, I don't know. I think that we can take it super personally and seriously um or we can go wow burger king you probably shouldn't do that again and they probably won't but right now we're all talking about it so they got what they wanted i mean sure <laughs> i mean i can't buy a uh the a t- uh, the top bun burger at Burger King Austria because I don't famously don't live in Austria <laughs> so they can't get my money so and they cannot which is why I think it's really funny that people that we're all talking about it here because it's something we can't do but um, either way I looked it's, at it's it and didn't and get the joke verbally <laughs> right away until I said it out loud and I went oh that's dumb um, and oh, then yeah. moved on with my day because I only looked at this this article like a, maybe four hours ago. I didn't have time to sit and meld with it. But um, yeah, Burger King. What the fuck? What in the actual fuck? <laughs> um, let's talk about Mariah Carey because it's June, which means we should talk about all I want for Christmas is you. I mean, it's a little early for even Christmas in July. Isn't that like a thing? Like Christmas, Christmas in July? Christmas in July is a thing. So, and it's still it's still not July. So <laughs> the fact that we're even talking about uh, Mariah Carey's holiday classic, All I Want for Christmas, is bizarre. But it's because she's being hit with a copyright infringement lawsuit. Um did you get a chance to actually listen to the song that is cl- that the songwriter is claiming is a ripoff of her uh, that she ripped off? Um, no, but I think I've heard the play by like the play by play next to each other before. Um, I don't know if it's if I don't know if it's just me, but they don't sound similar at all. I don't understand the. 
copyright infringement aspect of this. Those are those sound like two completely different songs. Well, and what's going to happen is that nothing's going to happen. Um, because this happens all the time. And people sue each other for saying that you ripped off my song. Um, I'm sorry, but if... No, there have been, there have been famous cases where the, the copyright infringement has, like, I think... Uh, didn't uh, Robin Thicke's estate had to, like, pay out a whole ton of money to the Marvin Gaye estate because they ripped off a song of his? Yeah, but that was a direct lift as opposed to an interpretation. Because if you listen to uh, Ice Ice Baby and Under Pressure, if you don't pay attention right away, you're like, wow, that sounds like the exact same song. But it's not. And it went to court and they said it's not the same because this, the lick's slightly different. And so if it's as different as these two songs are, I don't see it being an issue. Also, if you're going to wait until now to sue when this song has been a banger since 1993, like, it wasn't, like... <laughs> like, it was, like, it didn't make, like, a ton of money right away. But, like, now that it's, like, a chart topper and... Uh, is actually like living its best life as like the Christmas song of all time. Now you're going to be like, you know, that kind of sounds like our song. You copied us. <laughs> it's just, it's just greedy. It's like the kid from Nirv the Nirvana cover. Who's like, um, my life's a little shitty. I want, I'm suing you for you for, you know, child pornography for using my baby picture. Um, like, no, you didn't care when you're recreating it every year for the past 10 years. So calm the fuck down. Just because your life sucks this week doesn't mean you get to change your mind about something that wasn't even, like, no. Like, you can't decide that you're going to sue somebody because it now was successful. It's, it's not, it has, it's not now successful. It's been successful. Um, I don't, I don't have a problem with the timing. Like it, it's people sue people all the time at all, at any given moment. Like it's, it's it is it's what it is. My biggest thing is that the fact that the songs don't sound anything alike. Like they literally sound nothing alike. Like his, the song, his version of all they want for Christmas is like a fifties doo-wop-y kind of song. Yeah. It is not anywhere near the like the only thing they truly have in common is the title there's literally nothing that is the same between these two songs that's the gag and he's like yeah this is a ripoff of my song i'm like bitch where we both talk about wanting somebody for christmas so therefore give me i think he was singing for what 20 million 20 million <laughs> And again, though, give me twenty million because you use the same words as I did. <laughs> it's been what thirty years? It's been almost thirty years since the song came out. Again, why are you choosing today? It's because it went like it made like a milestone. Either way, it's dumb. It's it's stupid. You know what else is dumb? 
Nev Campbell won't be in uh, won't be in the next Scream movie. I'm actually curious because she she says that uh, where what are her actual what is the I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. So I'm like, how much did they try to cheat Nev Campbell out of like paying her for being in Scream Six? Like, you would think that they'd be like shoving money at her face. But apparently they're like, uh, you're, we're going to, we're not going to give you, uh, your, what your, you know, what your, uh, contribution is worth to our franchise. Well, my question is though, what, how much did they offer her for how big of a part? Because if they're like, if they're offering her uh, like, you know, pennies to be in like a good chunk of the movie, then yeah, go go do something else. But like, are they offering you, you know, a little bit of money, but you're only on screen for like 20 minutes? Like, I think she would she would have been a, a a pretty decent part of she's been a bit a huge like player in each all of the films up to this point. The last one she like, was even the remake. This this most recent one she wasn't in it that much. It was mostly about all of the other people. She I I would say she what, had the smallest role of all the people coming back. Nah, I don't know. So I don't know if I agree with that, but. She's been this the 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 point is that her this entire franchise is Nev Campbell. Like her 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 presence as Cindy Prescott makes the franchise. Regardless of how much screen time she gets. It seems like a poor move on their part to be like to kind of like jip her on some money especially since they've made so much money off of her for being in these movies you'd think that they'd be like yeah whatever we'll pay you whatever you want i'm just wondering if it was not just the money but because she goes she said i felt that the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value i have brought to the franchise because that could that doesn't also necessarily mean monetary. The offer that was giving maybe they didn't give her enough of a part to make or the part that was written for her didn't equate to what she's brought in and put into the franchise. I mean I I I mean we don't know. She's been her I mean she's not she's not saying anything really specific currently and neither has the uh um the i think it's paramount paramount uh produces the the movie so they haven't said anything necessarily about it either so so we just have to be like well shit i guess she's not going to be in the next film because i know that courtney cox has all but confirmed or has she i think she has confirmed so like along with 
uh, I think all of the cast from the previous movie have all confirmed that they're reprising their roles. And I heard, I don't know if you remember this, there was a couple, uh, a, a few weeks back that Hayden Panettiere will be reprising her role from the, I think she was in Scream 4. Yeah. That I think is funny. I think bringing her back would be really interesting. I think it would be interesting to bring her back. But like her main plotline was with Sydney, but I can see it working without her and having her be like the token character to bring back. But I also like, I didn't need all these people back again. Like having them back in the last movie I thought was fun. But like, if you're trying to get this franchise to breathe and to grow, like we did the we did the movie where we make fun of the movies that are rehashing old like the same movie but rehashed, like, you know, oh look, we made the same movie twice with the same title, but we didn't add a number because this is the thing that we're making fun of. Now it's like, oh, now we're the sequel, like where we're gonna talk about all these people, but they're never actually gonna show up because they weren't quote unquote in the budget, like. I don't know. I think that would have been a funnier way to continue on, and then we can keep going without these people in it. I mean, I would love... Uh, I think it would be... I would love to see... Uh, I think it would be fun to see Nev Campbell in literally every screen movie if they continue remaking it. Just like She just pops up. Even even if it's just like a short cameo. Just like have her pop up in every in every movie. But I guess that's not going to happen. At least not for this movie. No, but I think that's how movies grow, is by not having the same people come back. But if it's for shady reasons, that sucks for her. Yeah, it, it doesn't... Uh, it seems like the, the fan base, it's not going to bode well for the fan base either. Because, I mean, she, she's like the original like final girl. Not really, I think. No, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis Halloween. is the original final girl. Yeah. Well, she's her her. She's got the Scream Queen title. I think Nev Campbell's Sydney is is uh, uh, I think her claim to fame is like she's the not the original final girl, but like America's favorite final girl. I don't know. Stop trying to make something work. It's not happening. I, I'm not making it work. I've this is something I've heard, I've read in an article before. I just can't recall because I'm a dummy. Indubitably, let's talk about Drag Race. Indubitably. <laughs> All right, we're gonna switch over to our Drag Race Twenty, where we're gonna talk about Drag Race for twenty minutes and twenty minutes only because we need a timer. Because if not, we just don't shut up. We just don't. I mean, that's we really won't. You like quite literally. But the timer starts now. Okay, so not like another challenge where Russia is getting over luck. My poor sweet angel, I love her so much. Yeah, I think. And she was moated. Oh yeah, she, like her face on the runway as they, as she, Rue tells her to like, hit the bricks, go back to this, go to the back of the stage. She even she's like, "You sure? Like, can I just stay here?" <laughs> I was gonna say in the words of the late great Chi Chi Devane. 
face crack. Face crack of the century. Oh, man. It was so good. But I was also like, but my sweet baby, she's got to be frustrated. Because that bitch got overlooked for the ball. She got overlooked for a snatch game. She did not get overlooked for the first challenge. The first challenge was pretty accurate. <laughs> but, like, and then she's, like, she actually, like, again, for for someone like Jinx, you're, like, well, of course Jinx is going to win because this is, like, this is what Jinx does. Oh, but sure. to look at someone like Raja and go, Roger, what are you doing? This is wonderful. To do that bit at the end where she looks, she goes up to RuPaul and says, can I say something to the people at home? Hi, mom. <laughs> it's me. I'm on TV. Like, that is what I'm on TV. That's what an old person does. And it was so funny. And she was in character. She built a character that worked for her. And it wasn't, like, similar to, like, the other old characters that she's done this season. It was a completely new, fresh character. It was funny. But, yeah, and I thought she killed the runway with her spike look. Uh, that was that was really, really cool. By and me. not everybody, every review thing I've ever, like, watched, have them not understand that she had a cod piece on. And they're like, what is this weird, like, fanny pack thing she has on? I'm like, it's a cod piece. Because she has a mace. It's medieval. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to, like, mace yourself in your dick. Like, how do we not <laughs> understand? It's a cod piece, but make it fashion. <laughs> I mean, it... it was it got spikes on it too didn't yeah. it yeah it's it's on theme <laughs> it was so good um i mean all that being said of like jinx killed it jinx like took that challenge ate it threw it away lost an ear and said i'm sorry i can only hear half of what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> Even though, I mean, I think it was, she was standing next to Monet, and Monet even, like, laughed in her face because she's like, this is ridiculous. That's so funny. Um, We'll get back to Monet in a second, but also Jinx coming through the courtroom door and the door keeping bouncing open behind her, so she just keeps turning around to close it. Like, slamming it three times, yeah. <laughs> so funny, but coming back to Monet, what the fuck happened to her nose? Her nose! I mean, look at Jinx's nose. Look at Jada's okay. nose. Absolutely. It blends into their skin. Monet's is like barely hanging uh, on to her face. Monet's <laughs> was hanging on with spirit gum and desperation. Like. Absolutely. I'm like, did Monet does not know how to put on a prosthetic? <laughs> and did, her, did, the, did those shady bitches look at it and go, no, we won't help you. All right. <laughs> We're not gonna say nothing. We're gonna uh, we're gonna Alexis Michelle this and let you go on, <laughs> right? Oh my lord! But um. I will say that of the like improv slash like like this is kind of this is essentially like a like loose improv challenge because they have there there's clearly like a script that's going on but they they've got a lot of room to kind of do whatever yeah I, well cuz i don't think it was um, a script script it's like you it is it, improv to its actual finest because they're just given objectives from what i understand this is your this is the generic basis of your character to build from and this is your objective 
And Michelle knows what all the objectives are, which is why she's able to kind of just go for it and then watch them throw her for a loop. So I don't think there was any memorization or anything. Like, I think it's just, it's like an outline. And then they say, this is your objective. This is what you, who you are as a character. Now go have fun and make this work. So from an acting standpoint. Yeah, with that said, this is, I will say this is uh, not my favorite. It was better than Jersey Justice. I liked Jersey Justice better, honestly. Oh, I hated Jersey Justice. I thought this one, I thought, I thought this hysterical. one worked better because it got less chaotic than Jersey Justice. I liked the chaos in Jersey Justice. That's kind of what you want in a Jersey Shore justice show. Like, just Judge Judy, so you want some chaos. You want people slapping bitches around. You want... Wasn't there, like... I think there was a cake involved at some point. Oh, yeah. No, that got crazy. Like, I, it was too much for me. This, like... I say that watching the drag show. Um, it was just, like... Because I'm watching it from an... Because <laughs> right? I'm watching it from an acting standpoint. And I'm like... You, yes, and... And then brought in, like, a semi-truck. Like, I can't with this right now. Um, I think it's just, like, things escalated too quickly on Jersey Justice. For this one... And I'm I over will here, say, like, run me over with your Mack truck. <laughs> what I wanted was something that went a little bit more in between. And I don't remember what I was watching or who said it, but somebody brought up the point of saying that they wish that Michelle had played a little bit bigger of a part of being more of a Judge Judy type because the contestants were yes anding and Michelle was kind of not, was kind of just there. Whereas if she was there to kind of help throw more wrenches into the plans, things could have gotten a little bit more, could have gone a little bit further. Because I will say, this was a very good acting challenge. It was a very good improv challenge. It was not great TV because you hit moments where things just didn't happen. Which is why when Jinx is doing the absolute most, you're like, yes, please. And then, but then, and then also I think is because you have the character, the people who are like, a Shea Coulee, who is talented, but an imp like she's not the the crazy person. Like even like if you think back mm-hmm. to like All Stars Five, like Shea Coulee and Alexis Mateo, when they did their uh, their like improv scene, because all of those were bad too, except for theirs, and for some for some reason like still Miss Cracker one. Um, uh, moated face. Um, but like Alexis Mateo was the one who always brought the scene up higher and Shay's always like the straight man. But I think in this kind of a challenge, you need to upplay your straight man. And she didn't do that. And she's like, she like, cause that's just not the kind of person she is. So I think when you have a person like that, who doesn't up the straight man and then you have a Trinity who's trying bless her soul. She, she was doing her best, but it still wasn't there. Like, you you need. I laughed when she walked in as uh, with did the Sanderson like sister walk into the thing. I laughed. Oh, I thought that. Was I funny. mean, I didn't say she was boo boo. I said God bless her. She tried, but it's still like comparatively when you have more high energy people around you, it's like it, it still doesn't level out the same way. And I think that like while you're thinking it's going to create peaks and valleys, it's just like really funny and dead air 
That being said, I also think Evie was robbed. <laughs> I wanted there to be like eight winners this challenge. <laughs> and by eight, I mean... I mean, I, uh, I think it's... For story, I think Vivian getting her win was great, but also for story, Evie could have gotten a win. Raja could have gotten a win. I can definitely see Raja. I can see... Because uh, I, f- I think that... Evie was uh, smart in leaning in on her, like, kind of... She basically was like, I'm just going to do my boogeyman, like, shtick, but, like, frame it with the big bad wolf. And I can see that maybe being like, oh, you're just giving us the same thing you did in your Snatch game, but, like, you're wearing ears and you howled. Um, When that bitch put her foot up on the table and then started scratching her, like, like her, her, like her armpit with it I died I was like that is so stupid I love it like she did a lot I thought of... it was also stupid but I but I was less impressed oh. I was like yeah you're a dog I get it I think that it was like the level of commitment I think I thought was great and I thought that it was like and then like a lot of her responses I thought were funny I think could she have done it in a slightly different like man like style yeah, I don't know. I don't know why we're we're also forcing the storyline of that Evie's the trait of the season. <laughs> let's look at Evie. She's hot. But let's look at Evie. She's hot. I mean, that's what it is. But uh, <laughs> not arguing. Just saying. <laughs> I don't know why this is the storyline we're pushing. Because um, it's true. <laughs> uh, no, it was true when you didn't push it. Um but I don't know what I was saying. I just think I enjoyed Evie. I thought that she could have gotten a win because I thought it was fun and I thought her Spike's runway was really cool. Oh yeah, with that like it was like a praying man. It was like a, some sort of big old bug. Yeah, thing. it was like this like with, praying like, mantis spikes. realness with these like toe point like heels that like are like murderous mm-hmm. to walk in because they're actually on point oh that's right yeah, yeah yeah I did hear that like a queen on Espana season 2 did uh, a look very similar like this yes like I heard Evie's. that also and um, yeah, it was a, like I guess a shame for the people who watched Espana that they're like oh but we saw that already but I'm like you know who did it RuPaul <laughs> you know who did it Evie because she was filming her season while that was happening. <laughs> while that was happening. <laughs> so cut the bitch a break. Right, like how is she supposed to know something happened like half a way across the world? Right, literally <laughs> the same week. RuPaul wasn't there. They could have that could have been the same day for all we knew. For all we know, but but uh I think uh, I I mean uh I think that uh the, I think they were pretty on the money with the with the critiques overall. I think that, um, I don't know if this is another mo. I I definitely think that Rogers Runway didn't was was super super well done and, uh, I, her performance in the challenge was okay for me. It was it did very for me. It was very like, oh, you're an old lady being an old lady it, 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 it made sense like it wasn't I didn't think it was bad 
uh, I, I was just like, okay, it went where I expected it to go. Same with the same with Evie. I was like, okay, you're a big dog. You're howling. You're you know scratching, scratching your armpit and shaking your foot. I okay, I that makes sense. It's it, it it's 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 well done for sure. But I think that for the the challenge, what what we saw with the Vivian and Jinx, I I really I I remember laughing really really hard when she said, "I am both Hansel and Gretel." Yeah, because we have the, that's the accent I'm doing now. So that's, I'm both Hansel and Gretel. Oh, yeah. No, I, I like, mean, oh like. Oh, my God, this is so fucking stupid. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that the Vivian did a great job. And, like, I think that she had moments where I was, like, also, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I think that. Um, I think that. There are, I think it's because she has been doing so like mostly middle of the pack this whole, this whole time that all of a sudden she's just like, bam, win. And for me, it's like, oh, but Raj has been doing so good so well the whole time. (laughs) And it's just been just beaten out. I mean, she was robbed the first two episodes. She should have gotten, she should have two legendary legends, hunty superstar badges by now. Repeater badges. <laughs> right. Not not the Vivian getting another badge. <laughs> but she got money this I was going to say, she got money, money because she won that lip sync. And, oh, my God, did you mm-hmm. see Jinx when Vivian, when Jada handed Vivian that xylophone? Oh, my God. She was livid. <laughs> not the conspiracy to get, to get Vivian a win. And Jada's in on it. Right. Well, I don't even think that, like she super cared that if Vivian was going to beat her in the lip sync because they are both, well, because either way, the Vivian was getting a legendary legends lifesaver repeater badge star thing pin. (laughs) I think that, but what upset her was that it's, Oh, is this an alliance An alliance against me? But I wasn't going to do alliances because that's not how I work. But God damn it, I'm taking you down. I think she was pissed that that was happening uh, because it didn't really matter except for like she wasn't going to win some money. Um, I mean, she would have probably liked the power to block, but uh, she would have blocked Jada. And I think Jada knew that. So Jada was like, if I give you the xylophone, will you not block me? And she's like, sure, I'll block exactly. Monet. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think she's seeing the things go on, and she's like, but, but no, I don't like this. But did you see for the the preview for next week's episode at the end of the thing? It was like, oh, yeah. Well, I I will say, Monet, you weren't my first choice to block, but I couldn't block that person. Meaning she wanted to block Jinx, and Jinx is like, oh, bitch. Um, well, well. <laughs> well, so now I'm thinking she's going to join Monet and Trinity and been like, I don't care who the fuck wins this next challenge, but you're blocking the Vivian. Because <laughs> <laughs> fuck this shit. Well, I mean, for for Monet and Trinity, a Jinx alliance 
would be welcome because they tried to get freaking everybody, like everybody and their mom was, they were trying to get into, in on this alliance and. <laughs> right? And not Shay being like, oh yeah, Jada, we're talking about an alliance, an alliance that Trinity and Monet have. Have you heard about the alliance between Trinity and Monet? <laughs> Did somebody say alliance? <laughs> Are we talking about an alliance here? <laughs> but I think an alliance would behoove them because Jinx, like, by behoove, I mean, it would behoove Monet because Trinity is really good at drag race. Truthfully. Truthfully. And truthfully. Jinx, this is only benefiting really Monet. Jinx is also really good at drag race. And. It benefits Monet because Monet won't get blocked. And on the things that she can do, if she were smart, she would backstab those bitches and block, turn around and block them because uh, they, they're going to they're gonna also be getting, be getting stars. And so, like, right. the smart thing would be to get Jinx on and then double-cross her. I don't want to see that happen because they love my Jinxie-poo. Um... Oh my god, I saw on YouTube today there was a video with the thumbnail that said is Drag Race being rigged for Jinx? And I'm like how very dare you? Don't take this away from her. <laughs> she deserves it all. She's doing great. It's being rigged for Raja not to win. That I would believe. It's like For sure. Because RuPaul's like, mm, I remember last time we, ha we had Raja win, they're like, oh, this was determined. You brought her on to win. And RuPaul was like, how dare they know my secrets? <laughs> right. Because if you're going to bring Raja on, of course she's going to win because she's fucking fierce. She's sickening. And we love her. Oh my god. So much, so much. Yeah, I think it'll be. I th at first I thought that like the it seemed like the blocking was just like uh, this like like really cute kind of like silly moment. But I think now the girls are like really understanding like oh these can actually really affect the gameplay and it's a lot more uh, especially as we get further down the line and more badges, more super hunty, legendary legends. Uh, repeater badges are handed out they're going to be like yeah we really need to like yeah forming alliances you know this is the ultimate like survivors like tie a uh, mashup for drag race and it's, it's i think it's going to come to like a moment where it gets real because i mean the, the there was a tease that it's going to get real real spicy later that and I, it could be in in having to do with like being people blocking and people double crossing other people I, somebody i think was it trinity at one of the press conferences for uh, during the promotion of the show that was like yeah you'll see monet getting there was like a really big moment with monet later in the season or something like that i can't remember exactly oh i just remember it was like oh that's time oh, i guess you won't know what i remember um <laughs> <laughs> you won't get to know, but we're gonna take a break. Neener, neener, neener. Breaky, breaky, break, break.
coming back. Gasp. Hey, you want to talk about some television shows? Oh, we don't have enough time. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we'll only talk about some of them. Well, we're going to only have... We'll, we'll only have to. We have to, because there's... We don't have enough time in the world. Also, I haven't watched all the things. For once, I was a bad girl. And some of the and some of those things don't drop until Tom. Oh, it probably already dropped. Uh, they dropped fifty three minutes ago. <laughs> so we better hurry up on this podcast because I don't have to be at work right away tomorrow. So there's that. Shall we start with Obi Juan? Obi Wan. Okay, so what did you so what did you think of the third episode? Because last week I had already seen it and you hadn't watched it yet. Uh, this is the this is the episode where where he Darth is, Vader wrecks shit. <laughs> Darth Vader and like straight up like rakes him through the the, the flames. Rakes him through and, the like, coals. As like <laughs> very very reminiscent of. Like his own injuries caused by, caused by Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, shit happened. Shit, uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember what exactly happened, other than the Darth Vader, Darth Vader stuff. Oh, uh, what's her face? Um, uh, Reva. What's her name? Reva. She. Uh, didn't she end uh, like she ended up well she had a meeting with uh, darth vader and, and let me give you the sum up recap and you can tell me what you thought and you can interrupt me when you want so reva has a uh, has a little meeting with darth vader and she's like oh no obi-wan he killed the grand master the grand master inquisitor i tried to stop him but and darth vader was like i don't give a fuck I just need you to get Obi-Wan and to bring him to me. I know what you want. You will become the new Grand Inquisitor if you can deliver on this shit. So go get me Obi-Wan. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and uh, so Reva, who's third sister, and I think it's like fourth brother or fifth brother. I don't remember which brother it is. But he's like, fuck off. I'm going to be the Grand Inquisitor. And she's like, no, you're not, because Darth Vader loves me more. Daddy loves me more, not you. Fuck off, brother. <laughs> I'm the favorite. <laughs> Basically. And so she's going off to go find Obi-Wan. And the other brother's like, no, I'm going to find him first. And so they're both being shady little bitches, and it's great. And meanwhile, on a cargo ship... Uh, Obi-Wan and Leia end up on another sand planet. <laughs> I don't remember what it's called, but it's the planet and there's sand, but it's not sand sand. It's more like dirt sand. Um, but they're wandering around to meet the connection that they got from, uh, from Kumal, but their connection doesn't show up and Obi-Wan's like, see, we can't trust people. People suck. And Leia's like, maybe we can trust this guy. Hey, stranger, can you give us a ride? 
That's right. <laughs> they hitch a ride on uh, like a uh, like a farmer alien. Yeah, uh, Zach Braff. <laughs> it's Zach Braff. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, know that. it's Zach Braff because I spent funny. half the time going. That sounds kind of like Seth Rogen, but not. And then the credits rolled, and I was like, Oh, it's Zach Braff. <laughs> that makes sense. That's random. <laughs> Sure. And so they're hitching a ride. And so Leia tells the story that Obi-Wan's her dad and they were um, they got lost and they just need to get back to like a transport. And Mm -hmm, Zach Braff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. alien is like, sure, hop on in. I'll give you a ride. And Leia's like, see, he'll totally help us as he has like an (laughs) empire, except for the empire flag that's like hanging off of the back of their the the truck and so they're driving around and then who shows up but storm like um stormtroopers yeah they're stormtroopers because they're not the clone troopers they're stormtroopers stormtroopers show up How and you're like tell the difference? oh Do shit they have like different like uniforms or something um the clone troopers all sound like uh tomorrow morrison <laughs> i couldn't if you if you showed me three audio clips of him talking i could not pick which which one he is Okay, well, two different stormtroopers talked, and they don't sound exactly the same, so that's how you know they're clone troopers, or they're stormtroopers, not clone troopers. Oh, I didn't, I didn't clock that they were different voiced voices. Oh, because that should be your thing. You, you, you do audio things. So they look the same, but sound different. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's basically the same thing. There might be some difference in styling that I'm not a real Star Wars fan and somebody will point out to me. But um, as of right now, I know for sure they sound different. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but so the bunch of stormtroopers pop up and they're like, yeah, we're looking for a Jedi. And Obi-Wan is He's sitting like, in the Ooh. corner being like, don't look at me. <laughs> la, 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 I'm la, not. La. <laughs> it's not me. And he starts to tell a sob story about, uh, about his uh, dead wife and how his his child looks just like her because he accidentally called her Leia instead of Luma. And he was like, fuck, 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 fuck. Um, and the stormtrooper is like, what did you say? And you're like, gee, you're awful smart for a stormtrooper. Um, but they get off and they're like, okay, well, if you see if you see any Jedis, let us know. They're like, sure, sure will. Will do, sir. And you're like, well, maybe they'll make it. And then it turns out that Zach Braff alien is a dick. Because he comes up to a port and he's like, you should check out these two in the back. They're highly suspicious. And you're like, you asshole. No. And then Obi-Wan shoots and kills them all. And one guy falls and gets cut in half. And it was cool. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's right. I I remember that. Because he falls on the electrical or like the... Laser fence, right? The laser fence. (laughs) The laser beam fence. Um, And then they go and you're like, oh shit, they're caught. But nope, turns out there is a rebel sympathizer inside um, disguised as a general or something. And she's like, come with me if you want to live. And so she's like, I'm going to try to get you there, but, like, you fucking didn't oh, yeah, stay at the right. spot I told you yeah, to stay yeah. at. And Homegirl, it was uh, the, the uh, I think her name was Valaria Sand in Game of Thrones? Yeah, she was. She was definitely in, in Game of Thrones. Yeah, she was Mama Sand. Yep. 
Ironic that she's yep, yep. up there on a sand planet. <laughs> also ironic that she's in Star Wars when uh, her husband, Pedro Pascal, um, is also running around in Star Wars. No way. I, I, that's, I didn't know that they were married. Oh, how fun. Well, not married in real life, but they're married on the Game of Thrones because he played... Uh, I didn't know that they uh, were even Oberon married on Martel. the Game of Thrones. Yeah, because uh, Pedro Pascal was uh, was the guy who got his eyes popped out. Right, right, right. Yeah, I know, I know who he was, but I didn't realize that they were married. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, that was their whole thing. Yeah. Um. Um. Let's see. But yeah, so Homegirl comes out and is like, "Come with me if you want to live." Um, why didn't you just stay put? And Leia's kind of like, I fucking told you. And he was like, I mean, sorry, I didn't think anybody was coming because people suck. And we're all kind of like, yeah, people do suck. Uh, Dern, right, we just have, <laughs> we just had a guy just double cross us. Um, and then we see, um, a droid almost go like ham on some stormtroopers who are looking for Obi-Wan. Like, did you see that wrench in the back of it? Like, he was had behind him in, like, his hand? Uh, he was I like, if if you get any closer, I'm gonna fuck it. I'm gonna fuck you up. Mert you. Like, he was ready to go. And I was like, dang. Um, and then they go down the little pathy path. Um, and by they, I mean Leia and Homegirl go down the pathy path because uh, Obi-Wan's looking out and being like, I sense him. And then we see That's Darth right. Vader, yeah, 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 and yeah. Darth Vader wrecks shit. Yeah. Oh my god, it was so cool. He is so spoopy. That's right, he does. And he, like, force chokes people, and, like, force like moves shit and yeah that's right yeah, I, forget. I remember uh, yeah no he so he goes through and he just like rips somebody out and for uh, like out of their home and like force chokes them yeah. and then the kid comes out and he goes daddy and he goes nope and just like uses the force to like snap his neck and you're like oh shit oh, no. <laughs> it's like that's a child <laughs> what are you doing they've never killed <laughs> children in the them. star wars canon no <laughs> No, they usually kill them off screen. <laughs> That's why it was spoopy. You're like, oh, we usually don't see the death of the children. We're just told about it later. <laughs> um, and then there's um, and then the he throws the, the 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 one dude, and then he like grabs a woman and is just dragging her with the force behind him. Mm. You're like, what the fuck? Like Jesus Christ calm down it's like but it was like it was so spoopy and intense because he's like I want want you Obi-Wan you will come it's like I'm just gonna toy with all of these people till you use your little Jedi sense to be like I'll save them and Obi-Wan's like "Mm, self protection Uh, I need to be there to keep Luke alive (laughs) I have a mission and I don't like Jedi's anymore I'm not worthy and so he goes through and eventually he runs out to try to draw them away. And then 
um, Vader catches up, and again, a really cool shot, because Vader's, like, walking up, and then you see, like, this long shot of Obi-Wan, and then all of a sudden you see the red lightsaber go off, and I went, ooh, I likey. I remember, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mama likey. It looks so good. And, like, we get to see them battle, because we finally see Obi-Wan light up his lightsaber, and man, is he rusty. So I'm really hopeful by the, the last episode, we'll see them go to it again and Obi-Wan can kick some butt. Obviously, Vader won't die, but like the, when we meet him in A New Hope, he says to Obi-Wan, he goes, The last time we met, uh, you were the master and I was the student, but not anymore. So like, I feel like he needs to get his butt handed to him one more time to be like, Mm, nope, I've gotten even stronger since the last time we met, so you can fuck right off, and then he kills him. So. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then Reva catches up with Leia, and it's implied that she's going to kidnap her, because she has to be the cool leverage, kid. Yeah. yeah, and um, the badass droid went and saved Obi-Wan from getting raked across the coals. After, after uh, I mean, he does get raped after a little Homegirl bit. <laughs> just like lights the fire. Yeah, <laughs> she reignites some fire and separates them, and is like, I don't know, it's pretty cool. Um, it was a really good episode, and I'm really excited to watch the next one. In how, whenever we finish up, <laughs> once we finish, well, once we finish doing this, and then I'm gonna watch that and Miss Marvel. <laughs> Because that's out right now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, we also watched the first episode... Oh, I watched the first episode of The Boys. You want to talk about that real quick? I mean, uh, real quick is a loose term on this podcast, but yeah. <laughs> and by real quick, I mean anywhere from five minutes to, like, an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, first, uh, first the... Season three of The Boys dropped, and they uh, dropped three episodes right off the bat. And I was able to get all three in before today. I think you and you said you only got through the to the first one, yeah. Yeah, I watched the first one not the day it came out, but like that Saturday, Mm -hmm. and then I had to go do my show, and then we went out and got drunk, and then we did a matinee. And then we went out and partied. And then I had to try to get some semblances. No, then I had to write my math final. So I was busy. <laughs> that happens. It happens. But I'm no longer in a show, so I'll have more time to watch all of the things. I'll try to be caught up by next week. When we have... Show, show. We'll have three shows to oh talk God, about. Yeah. So much. Um, but I mean, but yeah, this one, this one opens up with the bang. Uh, I mean, very literally, in fact. <laughs> but yeah, it's I the the I from what I can I'm like reading up on like a uh, like a summary of it just because so much shit watched so much shit over the last week, but. Well, and also differentiating one episode from, like, three episodes is real hard to know. <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to accidentally, they like, say something that hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, this, I, I thought, I mean, the, this is a, the first episode kind of uh, really does set the scene for 
uh, it really kind of like sets the tone and sets the scene for the rest of the season because you're just like, oh, like sh- shit is going to go down for real. Because shit goes down for real. Pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Fair, very, very, very quickly. Um, uh, we find out that... Uh, I do love that the show came back and it wasn't like, oh, we're going to take our time to build to it. They're like, nope, we're the boys. Remember? Slap. Oh, yes. Uh, so uh, so bloody. It was so bloody. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh, God. But... Um, I think, though, um, what am I intrigued by right now? I am, I really love how in this first episode, Homelander is so scary. Right, yeah. He is terrifying in this episode to everybody. Mm -hmm. And I really love that we're really playing this up even more so than we have even in the past. Because I was like, damn, you, you so much. I mean, he was, he, he had issues before, major issues before, but, like, this is, we really truly see, like, him, re- like, something has snapped. And he's, like, yeah. it's, like, it's clear that, like, at any moment's notice, he could just, like, fuck shit up. And that's, that's always kind of been, like, the, the, uh... Like the tension around with a lot of the members of the seven is that, especially with Starlight, you're like, what is he gonna do? When is it? Because you know something's gonna, he's gonna do something. You just don't know when, and it's that that anxiety, that just like waiting for the inevitable to happen is just so palpable, especially in this first episode. Just like his, like when he's like speaking to the camera through like I, I forget are they like PSAs or like he's talking to the like through news things and you just like see his like big old eyes and just like dead behind just nothing behind them and you're like oh this is chilling <laughs> no it is and i think that um like his relationship with the the other the other uh heroes loose term other soups have been uh are just fascinating and i think that um the fact that stormfront's still alive you're like what of course she's not dead uh, wait um what else um and oh and that's this i was like how did this episode end because my brain's not letting me remember and then we let huey know that the congresswoman is really the super who like murdered all of murked all the people in the last season right and so he's like i don't know what the fuck to do and then we have the fact that uh queen Maeve gave uh uh what's his face the uh compound v Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the the like but it's like in like short term form to give you like superpowers, right? And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like this this almost like con- like sort of contingency like measure that like hey, you know, you might have to. This could be the thing that you might have to you know do to go toe once once you have to go toe to toe with Homelander because you know he's. He's unhinged, and you're you're currently hiding his son, taking you've hit, taken his son away from him, and you know he's 
he's gonna be, he's gonna you know at any moment he's gonna fuck shit up and so you gotta you know this is this might be something that you should keep on hand at some point and he's like and because butcher you know hates anything that has to do with superheroes and, or the soups and so he's like fuck it i'm just you know whatever this is bullshit and but like just having that that knowledge that oh this is there's a a contingency plan that's looming over you mentioned that like uh the what's her face uh newman the the uh of the, victorian the congresswoman yeah the congresswoman uh because throughout the episode, we see this guy that kind of pops up. He's just like some dude, and he call, he like looks at her and goes Nadia, and he we like at first he sees it during like a press conference, and he's some dude in the audience, and he goes no. The guy goes Nadia, Nadia, and he's like, what the fuck? What was that about? That's weird. And obviously, like the congresswoman, she just like doesn't even acknowledge it. But then like the guy shows up at their office and is like, hey, can I see Nadia? I'm an old friend and, you know, I haven't seen her in a while. And he's like, I don't know anybody by the name of Nadia. That woman is not her. She goes by, she has a different name. So you need to go away. Yeah, that is the congresswoman. Yeah, so, so you need to leave. And he's like, no, 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 I, I, I need to speak with her. I'm an old friend. And he's like, you're like, whatever. This guy is kind of insane. And then come to know, come to find out that at the end of the episode, we find that he actually does know her and she knows him and she's like what are you doing you can't just like show up and asking for me like you can't do that and so like you know that like oh some shady shit has some sort of shady shit was going on between them and she they, he like i forget what instigated it but doesn't he like a lunge at her and start attacking her at some point i'm trying to remember what no um she, because I know she grabs onto him to hug him because he's like, we need to, we need to go, I think is what, what he says. It's like, we need to go and be together because we're friends and just bounce. And she's like, okay, just come here. And then she gives him the hug and then he realizes that she's going to kill him because she, he can feel her power, like her tensing for her power. And oh, and that's, then he and that's why he, like, doesn't even try to, like, push Yeah, and that's her. why he attacks her, because he's like, oh, no, you're not going to kill me. Right, and then, oh. And then, spoilers, she does. And she, yeah, spoilers, she does, and in the most horrific fashion, because you're, like, she, like, first, like, bursts his, like, hand, and just, like, makes his hand explode, and you're like, oh, God. And then she, like, he, like, still is, like, going at her, and then he, then she, like, explodes his like jaw I think what it does is that it does it's a very skillful gross way to show the limitations of her skill set because she has it looks like she has to physically see the the body part she's gonna go make splody explode right and in yeah, it, and they while they're fighting, he keeps covering away. up her yeah. eyes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually, he goes all splody explode, and then she calls like the government and is like, "Hey, I made a mess. You cleaned up." Well, at first, except for I, she doesn't really I, say I made a mess. Though I think it was more like I was attacked. There was an incident. You need to come take care of this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
at first I thought she was like gonna call the police and be like, oh, something happened and you know, uh, there was a uh, some sort of attack has happened. And so you're like, oh, she's I guess she's just like calling the police, I guess, because she starts off she's like, I'm in trouble or something like that. Yeah. And then she then she says, I need a cleanup crew or something or right, right like that, and you're like, oh yeah, shit. It, and Huey's sitting there like, oh. Yeah, drenched in do- homeboy's blood because it like she explodes him in like blood rains upon him. <laughs> yep. It growls. But that's where I left off, so I'll watch more soon. <laughs> right, right, right. It gets crazy. I mean, um, it, the show is so insane. And I mean, like you said, they just like they come at you a hundred. They like don't they don't take the time to like finesse their way up. They're like, no, we're the boys. We we're, we're gonna start we're gonna start the ground running. Yo. Well, shall we throw it to Jonathan for some more heterosexual chatting? I mean, I would argue again, this was pretty heterosexual. <laughs> I mean, the boys is pretty. Uh, that's pretty straight. <laughs> well. He's, Jonathan also watched The Boys. Maybe he'll talk about that. Yeah. I don't know. He'll talk about something in Straight Talk. Straight Talk. Straight Talk. Straight Talk. Straight Talk. It's mostly politics. Producer Jonathan here. As a straight white man, there are certain topics I'm able to parse that our hosts won't touch, and the team still feels they're worth the airtime. So, say, another day in paradise when someone asks how you're doing, and let's get into it. Once again, Happy Pride, second podcast in Pride Month, where we hold space for LGBTQIA voices. I'm here to, again, give you twice hot psych half as much straight talk as normal, because it is not time for me. Except for right now, which is time for me. So, if I were in a certain mood, I would just spend straight talk listening to Joanna and JJ argue about what the difference between a clone trooper and a stormtrooper is, who clearly didn't listen to Straight Talk last week, where I basically laid out the difference between a stormtrooper and a clone trooper in, like, not so many words. Um, and I'm not going to repeat myself. They have access to these segments. They just That also, another thing, just behind the scenes, when we exit the segment, and I'll bring it up again at the end, JJ's gonna say, like, oh, that was so unbearable. I'm so glad that I did not have to suffer through... He doesn't listen to this segment. He's he's gonna say something crazy, and it's gonna have nothing to do with what I... He doesn't know what I said. And he'll never know. I could say lots of things, and he'll never... He'll never know what I say. It is... An astonishing amount of power, especially to give a straight person who, again, we do not have a good track record of wielding power responsibly. So I wanted to talk a bit about The Boys. So if you haven't seen The Boys on Amazon, uh, the newest season, season three, uh, a few episodes, you might, you know scroll on past straight talk like you probably do anyway but i mean i don't know if i'd call this show aggressively straight and the boys will actually help me illustrate sort of a a clarification that i think 
might need to happen with straight deck. I don't think it needs to happen for any of you listeners, but I was talking to a friend of mine who's not a listener of this show. Uh, and I said I was doing a segment uh, called Straight Talk. And they uh, were surprised. They were surprised because they thought that that meant I was doing a segment on a podcast uh, that was like homophobic in nature or just like bigoted in nature. And I had to uh, walk the back a little bit and say, like, no, 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 no. Like that's that bigotry is like comes in all shapes and sizes from all sources. Uh, and yes, a lot of a lot of bigotry. Like if you if you're a betting person and if you wanted to make safe decisions, it's safe to assume that anyone you encounter who is straight might, you know, be using dog like they they might be dog whistling they might be doing all sorts of heinous stuff bad stuff i am not and again people you you just gotta get to know people and if you are a straight person and you're sitting there and you're tired uh if you're one of the people in my life um or just around who are like you know what i don't like how society today and people that i encounter automatically get like guarded or like wary of me when they know uh, they don't even know me um and it's not your fault friends it is the fault of uh monsters and bigots who walk among us and it's our job to call them out and to be patient with people who are going to be guarded and to yeah you just gotta be patient with people there i have lots of people who know me and know like who and what I'm all about. And it's because if I had, uh, like, if I had any, the ones who I've met recently, like, I'm just, you know, you're patient with them. And then they see, like, oh, no, this is a, this is a person who, like, I can be comfortable around. This is not a person I need to be wary about because they're going to say some weird political thing about Republicans. Or they're going to say, like, you know what? I think the Florida law uh, has a, has a point. You know, I think the Ohio government or the Iowa government has a point when they're being uh, bigoted against when they're when they're being uh, exclusionary feminists. I think I think they have a point. Yeah, you can't. You gotta. And I get. I I get it. You gotta stay on guard, listeners. If you are part of like, if this is your month, like you you have got to be on guard. Um, because be and again, being straight is not an automatic political ideology. Uh, it's not just a one like it's not a one trick thing to be and to get back to the boys i think this illustrates it uh pretty well because the boys while uh gratuitously violent um which again is very uh straight cis male um like coded just having gratuitous lots of blood and guts i mean it's cgi blood but it's still you know i like it when a dude explodes i'm sorry it's there's something primal about it i think i mean it, it serves the story but yeah, uh, exploding heads. It's 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 crazy. It's great. It's freaky. It's uh. I don't think that like I'm not going to go and try and recreate that in my own life or whatever. Uh, it's a it's a fiction. It's a television show. I'm watching entertainment. But I can still say it's a fairly progressive show. One because it makes people who aren't progressive angry. They're like, there's a lot of there's a lot of male nudity in this show, and it seems uh, to be catering to the to the woke to the woke mob and it seems to it seems to real care about uh being politically correct um 
which is absolute insanity because uh, none of those things are actually real. Uh, yet you, if you, you know, consume media or are on Twitter or watch uh, the news or hang out around wherever you hang around where you overhear people's conversations, you might hear that kind of thing a lot. If, you, if you're on Facebook, you might have uh, stupid relatives who are posting stuff like that. Uh, or coworkers or supervisors who post and stuff like that. The Boys is sort of a Funko mirror to reality uh, in that it's incredibly, it's, it takes place in the modern day. It's incredibly dystopic uh, in terms of like characters, the characterization, like nobody is like really good. Uh, and I mean, that's kind of like real life, but in real life, there are people who are like good people. There are people you can trust. Um, hopefully. Help if you get help if you if you if you if you feel like that's not the case. Uh, but what they're saying like there's like oh well there's like the, they look at things like uh, LGBT representation. They look at the fact that um, the one of the main characters who is like the man's man uh, played by Carl Urban, uh, Billy Butcher, and he's he's like the epitome of you know the masculinity. Um, and he insults people and da 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 da, but the, he's criticized for this. So he like he faces some some backlash for his actions, and like he he you know he's got to apologize for for things. And they see that as because uh, it's unusual. It's unusual in media that uh, people of my uh, orientation typically consume that we're never challenged in that way. And so that's why they're like, oh, it's it's like a. It's like a, a, a show for, like, liberals. It's also uh, the the bad guy. I mean, a lot of characters in The Boys are bad guys. But, like, specifically Homelander and Stormfront from last season, who's a literal Nazi. You might, if you've read the news in the last four years, you might know that there are literal Nazis. And it was actually real poignant to see season two play out and play into uh, the same kind of online radicalization that we see in real life and, like... How a person, uh, there's the, uh, last season, it was an incredibly poignant opening sequence where a guy is just watching, he's posting the memes, he's on the message boards, he's watching the Fox News or the OAN or the uh, Vought TV, like, newscasts of, like, he's just hearing it over and over and over and over again. And there are people in your life and there are people who exist who are in that same boat. And then what he does he do? He does a violent extreme act and it's terrible. He, uh, unlike it's... It, that that part of the show is not like fantasy at all. That is a thing that can really happen and is really happening, and we see it uh, all day. Uh, guy flying around in an American flag, shooting lasers out of his eyes, very fantasy. Um, people they want to see because they're used to seeing Superman, and Superman is, you know, uh, he's he's a he's a country boy from Kansas, and he. Fly, he saves the world. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't murder civilians. He's he's like truth, justice in the American way. You know, but Homeland is not like that. Even though he's he's literally wearing an American flag, and what they don't like, what's really conflicting about it, especially for people who are watching it and they they don't like quote unquote wokeness, and they really like uh, to think that America's the greatest country in the world or whatever, is that he's sh astonishingly, to an astonishing degree, uh, especially funny because the actor's, uh, I think he's Australian, Australian or British, but he's like not, you know, from, he wasn't born in America. Um, 
portrays like the essence of America. The like, uh, I'm gonna you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Uh, you can't do me what I, t- I I have rights. You you can't put me in a box. Like, don't tread on me. Like he represents all of those things that I that I personally think are bad about America, but that people who I dislike think are great about America. Um, the things that they think that that could make America greater. Uh, and he embodies all those things, and he is the bad guy. And you know that's uh, that's challenging for some people. Right as the season dropped, and this might be a marketing ploy, or it could be a legit review, but there was a, a one-star review for The Boys Season 3 that says very political and very anti-male. Plenty of male butts and wieners, though, exclamation point. Enjoy. And it's one star, and it's, it's probably a plant, and so look, me telling you about it, me being excited about it, is like kind of feeding into the soulless consumerism that I really like to harp on um, in my day-to-day life. But, uh... The show just used that one star review as like an ad. They put it on Twitter, promoted it uh, as like thanks for the thanks for the review. It's a very political, very anti male. Um, yet the people who are watching it, the people who enjoy uh, the violent show, and I think it's really healthy for them to watch the boys and to see to be challenged. You know, if there's one thing I can say, if there's one thing I should get across in the month of June, in the year of our Lord, twenty twenty two. It's that the classic, the traditional, the tried and true, uh, cisgendered, straight, white, male experience should experience some challenge. You should, you should go out and you should watch and consume things that challenge you. The boys might be the thing that challenges you. Uh, you know, you could also, you could step in, you could watch the, the Star Wars show and you could be like, you know what? I think it's fine that these characters are the way that they are. And that could be your challenge. Or you go watch, uh, Disney, Disney Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, which, uh, also came out this week and I thought was really good. I think that it's not, it's like, it is sort of geared at, uh, teens. I think it is, it is sort of young adult, uh, content, which is, um, I don't say it's beneath me, but it's like it's not it's not for me specifically, but I still enjoyed it. It was a fun, colorful, exciting ride. Um, but if that if that is something that is going to challenge you, I say be challenged, learn, grow, do better. Not you listeners, but like send this segment to your bigoted friends um, so so that they can do better or just tell them to do better, you know, constantly. Your relatives, you know, we could all, I mean, we could all do better. So like, that's a good, it's a good message. Do better. Anyway. Yeah. That's, that's it for me. Uh, let's hear what JJ has to say about straight talk this week. Straight, straight talk. talk. Straight talk. Straight talk. And we're back from straight talk. Phew. Oh, I made it guys. I made it. <laughs> Your gate card's still intact. We're good. We're good. All right. Just in case, you may have to iron that baby later. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll relaminate. All right. You want to talk about the couple episodes you watched of the nanny? Yeah, I got a couple. In between all the other content, I was I managed to get a couple episodes of the nanny in, and 
Um, we got a, a pretty fun one with uh, Chevy Chase as a guest star, where he uh, uh, he plays. I mean, he plays himself, but like they try. Uh, Maxwell is trying to like schmooze him into doing another another show. I feel like that that's all he does. He all he all he does is just like schmooze. Tries to schmooze all these like celebrities into doing shows for him, but I guess that's the excuse that they can do so they can bring uh, you know have guest stars. Well, I mean, he's a Broadway producer, so that's all they do. <laughs> and in this case, it's uh, trying to get Chevy Chase uh, to do a show for them, and he's and they so he like tries to go. He takes the family down to Atlantic City, and apparently Niles has got like a hardcore gambling addiction <laughs> because you know reasons and because because plot because plot because it's more material for jokes. Um, and the, the crux of this, of the episode was the, cause Chevy Chase is like, kind of like sweet on Fran and he like calls her pretty and beautiful or whatever. And like, there's a moment where he's at like a blackjack table and she just like sits next to him. And then like all of a sudden he wins up hands and he's like, Oh, you must be my lucky charm. You need to, how about you come up to my, uh, hotel room later we're doing a game up there like a private game and you could just like be around and be like my lucky charm and she's like okay sure yay and uh maxwell hears this and he's like what the fuck like gets all super jealous and is like no i gotta save my woman and like goes up and tries to like save her from debauchery and there's a whole like spiel about like he's like overhearing at the door and they're saying stuff that like sounds remotely sexual uh, and because Fran is like playing it up because she knows that he's gonna it, it will drive him like jealous and so she wants to get this rise out of him and he like Maxwell like barges in and like straight up like fireman carries her out the door and he, at the same and all the while Chevy Chase is like what the fuck is going on it's like you didn't have to like just take her like that she could just you could just get she could just go <laughs> But, and, oh. and then the, uh, oh, Maxwell. <laughs> right. Um, and there was the, the other episode was uh, Niles uh, quits. Like, Fran and Cece have, like, a bet that they can, tr they're, they're going to uh, get Dr. Joyce Brothers to come to the house and, like, observe them and tell tell them which of the two would be the best match for Maxwell. <laughs> it's such a stupid premise. And so Fran, in an attempt to, like, buy new clothes to, like, impress Dr. Joyce Brothers, applies for, like, a new credit card with a high, like, credit limit. Uh, Niles, like, kind of goes into her room and is, is cleaning and then you know, sees the credit application and he reads under the line that says like, oh, income and finds out and finds out that she makes a lot more money than he does. And so Niles goes to, which is a lie. We find out at the end of the episode that Fran lies on the credit application so that she can get a higher credit limit. Credit limit. Because of course. Because duh. That's what you do. That's what you do. <laughs> and but Niles is like, holy shit, she makes so much more money. I I need I I need to you know demand a raise, and so he do, he 
demands Maxwell to pay him more, and Maxwell's like, no. And then Niles is like, well, fuck you, I'm going to leave then. And then he leaves. And he leaves t- and ends up being the butler to Fran's aunt Frida, who makes him do, like, the innuendo is that she makes him do these weird sexual things to her. Like, she makes him, like, massage him while she, while he wear or he makes her, she makes him massage her. I think I said that right. There you go. There Those are go. the correct pronouns That's the in right. the right order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and while he's wearing, like, a bikini or something, like a Speedo. Like, it's all, all, it's all, like, kind of creepy, like, sexual things. And Niles obviously doesn't enjoy it, but he's, like... Aunt Frida's super fucking loaded, so he's he's like, I'll do whatever. I don't care. I just want to make... She gives me all the money. I'll suck a toe if I have to. <laughs> but, you know, it, uh, Fran, you know, uh, wants to get Niles back, and, you know, she tries to ask her Aunt Frida to, like, give him back, even though she enjoys having him around, and he enjoys having the money that she gives him, even though he's, like, doing dirty things. Um, but eventually, like, I think I think at the end of the episode, Niles, like, runs into the house. He's like, I'm tired of doing all the weird, sexy things to Aunt Frida. Can we please take me back? Um, and the it, it, while Niles was gone, Maxwell hires a new nanny, a uh, new butler. Not a new nanny, a new butler. And the butler's, like, super uptight and doesn't let the kids like get away with like things that Niles would normally let them get away with and uh Maxwell fires the new butler at the end of the episode because he doesn't like snoop around in any of everybody's business because all a bunch of shit is happening in his living room and he's like what's going on and the butler's like I have no idea and he's like well if you were Niles Niles would know everything you're fired Niles come back I love that that's the process that that went down is at the end of the day, everybody just wants a nosy man who lives in their house. (laughs) And, and Dr. Joyce brothers is even there and she like pitches him like a, 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 an idea for a new Broadway show. And it's like, it's stupid. She plays like a, she says like, Oh, it's, it's about like a mentally, uh, a mentally disabled or not mentally disabled a like mental like uh, psychotic like prostitute or something like that and not, Max was like oh Jesus Christ <laughs> it's so dumb but so dumb yeah we're just tra- it's it's riding the uh, train the train of Fran trying to convince Maxwell to like I mean they had one date which she admittedly had ruined but she's trying to, like, get him to, like, you know, do more for her. And, I mean, fi- both, I mean, figuratively and literally sweep her off her feet. So, we'll it's just the countdown. Yes. We'll see when it, when it actually happens. It's the final countdown. And on that note, we're gonna take a break now. 
Oh my God. I cannot with the housing market right now, Joanna. Have I not told you about Capital Realty Center? Oh, the premier realty group that supported and succeeded throughout the California landscape? Now I remember. If that's what you're looking for, call Kathy Johnson at 916-606-0687 to win that next bid. That's Kathy Johnson with Capital Realty Center at 916-606-0687. License number 02021378. We're back. Boopity boop. And guess what? We only have one more thing to talk about. Literally only one. You're welcome. <laughs> I feel like we've been talking for like five hours. <laughs> it didn't help that like your phone died or your earbuds conked out on you. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, like it literally fell out of my ear. <laughs> but yeah. Because I like nudged it with my elbow or with not my elbow. That would have been hard. Uh, with my shoulder. My shoulder like hit it. And then I was like went to fix it and it fell out. And I was like, fuck. And so I picked it up. And then I put it in, and it died. <laughs> Technology's hard, y'all. How dare you? <laughs> but this is why I like doing this in person. <laughs> but yeah, the really only new kind of thing that kind of at least came across my feed was uh, Netflix released a little teaser for a Tim Burton Netflix uh, Adams Family like spinoff show called Wednesday, and we get a look at Wednesday. And she creep, she creepy. Yeah, and it was like just I like kind of read the little art, the Variety article, and it was like originally when the Adams family was like around, like for like the cartoons, like the for like the New Yorker cartoons, it was like this crazy you know macabre family. But Wednesday was kind of like the the sweet one. Mm-hmm. And then when they remade, the, uh, like kind of remade it later, uh, they're like, mm, no, let's make let's make her a little bit more like spoopy. And then they're like, mm, now let's make her really spoopy. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if it's if Tim Burton's at the helm, this can be potentially pretty spoopy. Yeah, well, and it says that in addition to Jenna Ortega's Wednesday. Um, Who was just yeah, in the scream? Catherine... Just in the scream five movie. <laughs> uh, Catherine Zeta Jones is going to be Morticia, right? Uh, which I'm excited about. That's Victor really cool. Dora Bantu plays uh, Thing. Isaac Ordonez plays Pugsley. Well, George Bersaya plays the manservant Lurch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Luis Guzman will star in the series as Wednesday's father, Gomez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I really like this idea of making them all of, like, it sounds like of a Spanish-Hispanic descent. Yeah, they're all, it all, they all seem a little, because, I mean, like, the dad's name is Gomez, that's a pretty like Latin. well, and it was always implied because he well this like the idea that like I think he was always played by someone of a Spanish descent. Uh, I think it's Raul. just funny that the rest of the cast is also going to be Spanish. Right, right, right. Uh, he was he was in the Adams Family movie with Christina Ricci as Wednesday. I think what's his, it was Raúl. Oh my God, what's his name? I can see his face. Uh. 
uh, Raul Julia. That's his name. Yes, he was. He was Gomez, uh, opposite uh, Angela Houston's Morticia. Angelica Houston. What did I say? Angela? Angela. You said Angela. Whatever. Words, words. Names, names. But yeah, it's the spoops. Yeah, no, it's kind of kind of excited to see a little bit more diverse cast. Um, love to see it. Uh, I'd love to see where that's going. But yeah, it's only a teaser, so we don't really know. And I don't think they've released a. Uh, they, they haven't like dropped a release date on it. It's just like sometime this year. And sometime it'll happen, and we're all like, "Cool, Netflix, thanks." Yeah. But uh, I think that's it. Yeah, that's it for that's it for us today. Thank you for listening to the Nobody Asked Our Opinion podcast. You can send us an email with any and all of your opinions at nobodyaskedouropinion at gmail dot com. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Nobody Asked Our Opinion. You can also listen to us on YouTube uh, at Nobody Asked Our Opinion Podcast. You can follow Joanna at Joey Snow 2006. You can follow me at Pianoman underscore zero five. Send some love to our unpaid intern Natalia at the Third Rule Creative. And also send some love to Jonathan at Jelly Sound. Rate us. Leave a review, subscribe, do all the things to get our podcast to get more to more people. Tell your friends to check us out. Tell your family. Tell the grocery. Tell everybody. Tell all the people. Tell Kelly Clarkson. Please tell Kelly Clarkson. Okay, bye. Please. Eggie <laughs> me.